Hey Rebels, my name is Matthew Barton. Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Rebellion Brewing's Mark Heisey, and we're going to be talking about beer judging, beer competitions, and some special collaboration news that we've confirmed only a few short days ago. So let's get into it. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, let's talk about beer judging. I was going to say, first off, let's let's talk about the two competitions that were recently announced. Okay. <laughs> the Canada Beer Cup and the Prairie Beer Awards. Yeah, two, uh, two brand new uh, brewing competitions for commercial breweries. Very exciting. The Prairie Beer Awards is uh, for Manitoba and Saskatchewan breweries. Some folks have said, well, why not Alberta? They're on the prairies too. But Alberta has their own brewing awards. And the Canada Beer Cup is a new national brewing competition that is run by the Canadian Craft Brewers Association. And I happen to sit on the board of directors for that organization. I know a few weeks ago on the podcast, we kind of floated the idea of a Saskatchewan Beer Awards. And as soon as I had said that on the pod, you kind of pulled me aside and said, well, we've actually got something in the works. Just stay tuned. And it seems like all of a sudden, here's Prairie Beer Awards. How long has this been in the works? Like, it doesn't just happen overnight. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's been in the works for a couple of years, to be quite honest. Um, I'm sure I could go back to my emails, but I mean, I've been trying to work on national competitions. Oh, well over, I want to say 2007, 2008, I was trying to work on some of that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, once upon a time I used to run the, or help, I helped run the largest, uh, homebrewing competition in Canada for many years. And in fact, many people involved with rebellion have participated in that and helped run it. Uh, people from pile of bones brewing, uh, took it over after, uh, uh, folks like me kind of stepped aside. So, um, we're, we're, we're excited about competing and judging and, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, the bottom line, I mean, to these two is that they've been in the works for quite a while. Uh, I wish I could say that I had a lot to do with them. I was involved and encouraged and promoted them and did what I could. And we ultimately found some great people and could green light these competitions. So um, yeah, it feels like a, a nice accomplishment to finally be able to announce these. When I saw the announcements online, I was a little bit surprised because I try to follow and I try to keep up on things. And they said the Canada Beer Cup is going to be happening in November 2021. So literally within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so registration uh, basically opens now. And then I uh, this is where I'm blanking out. I don't know if you have them written down, but I, I think the awards get announced in February. Right, February 2022. So yeah, so you ha- uh, typically the beers get uh, you have to, you know the brewers have to submit all of the the you have to register to to compete which beers you're going to be sending, then the beers actually get have to get sent in, then they actually get judged by certified beer judges, determine the winners, and then you finally have an award ceremony you know where you kind of announce it and celebrate and acknowledge everyone. Where is that going to be held? Somewhere in Ontario? I think it's going to be in in Ontario. I'm guessing. I want to say it's in Toronto the first time. A lot of the organizers and and folks are are based out there, so it's obviously easier to do that, especially for the first year. Um, but there's definitely a desire to to move it around. There's lots of great judges and opportunities. And um, uh, again, a nerdy judging thing is that I don't want to say there's a bias, but you know, every judge ultimately is is a human. 
And um, so if you always have the same judges from the, the, the same judging pool over and over again, um, it can get a little stale, right? And that, that's just nerdy insider stuff that uh, competitors can notice from time to time. Uh, when I used to enter competitions across Canada, you would notice like the Alberta judges like this or Ontario judges like that. And yeah, so anyways. Like regional flavor preferences. Yeah, to a degree, right? And it could be based on just what they're used to or how they were trained or, or whatever, right? So uh, moving it around is a healthy thing, but it is a lot of work for the organizers to do to do that. So, What does the Prairie Beer Award mean for our local market, mean for Saskatchewan, Manitoba? Well, it, it means that we're, we're a big enough industry that we can have our own awards now. Um, you know, to have four or five breweries competing in a competition is not that great because you, uh, there's lots of, as everyone knows, there's a, a, so many different beer styles and you should have, you know, preferably, you know, at least eight to 12 entries per category, or it's, it's kind of a joke of a category, right? Everyone gets a participation award, right? Um, so yeah, so I think there's enough mass now to do that. And, and it's not about, um, pitting one, one brewer against another, it's about celebrating the best and the best. It's uh, by having these competitions, you bring together judges, which a lot of them are home brewers or just really avid beer fans, folks that are really trying to understand what great beer is. And as brewers, we're trying to make really great beer too. So um, it's just a great way for everyone to kind of hone our education and knowledge. And then uh, I always have, I think I go to sleep with my marketing cap on, but uh, my marketing cap is always on. And just, you know, it's the ability to market and celebrate it. And and sure, you're going to celebrate individual breweries, which we should for doing a great job. But it's really about celebrating our industry and putting it up on the, on a, on the, in the limelight and being, to actually acknowledge, say, look at all these, this great beer that's being produced in Saskatchewan. I wanted to circle back to the, the point where you said there's an opportunity to learn for the judges. I remember uh, when we were working with the Ales Club, when I was volunteering in the behind the scenes of the Ales Club, they just had me labeling bottles and kind of doing the little itty bitty details so they could just run very quickly out to the judges, get the beers to them proper, and then back. And what was happening behind the scenes is they'd say, well, we got a little bit left. Try this, try that. And they would sh- they shared the beers with me and it was a real learning opportunity because you had four or five really passionate people who could share their thoughts and perspectives. And then what I had tasted, I could also see what the judges were saying. And it was, it was really enlightening. And I, I hadn't had that experience before. When you go into competition, is it still a learning opportunity now? Or are you kind of like the, the, the professor who's kind of trying to sh- share his knowledge with everybody else? I think it's a bit of both. I'm happy to share what I know, um, but I also want to know what other people are thinking. And um, it's still a learning opportunity for me just to hone my skills and pick up on new flavors, new things. Um, yeah, there's there's always there's always new beer styles, and you know it's my job to try to stay up on them. But you can't necessarily taste them all all the time. And I think to your point, um, we're always tasting beer, and you go and have beers and with friends or this or that and sure you say oh or you get a flight no I like this one or I like that one this is a very like serious formal setting it's and it's intense and you're really really trying to understand and you're not just getting a flight of a bunch of weird you know different beers all over the map you're in this you might taste six oatmeal stouts and uh you know I've heard it repeatedly from people like oh I thought all oatmeal stouts taste the same (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like you couldn't be further from the truth. And the real way to understand it is to just taste it blind. There's no bias. Um, I remember one time, actually, I, we did. We I remember we brought in a guest beer, and it was an oatmeal stout. And people were like, oh, it's the best beer ever, and this is, this is such a great oatmeal stout. And we had a couple other ones laying around, and so I passed around three samples to, I don't know, there was four people in the bars in the middle of the afternoon. I said, which do you like, which do you not like? And they hated one and they loved another. And the one they hated, they almost didn't believe me. I said, that's the one that you guys just said was so amazing. Tells you that marketing and brand name recognition plants ideas in your head that's automatically good. And that's wonderful. It's a powerful thing that brewers should use to their advantage. <laughs> but when you're tasting three oatmeal stouts blindly, you don't have that power of persuasion. It's either it's good or it's bad. And, and you know, and that particular one was not good. <laughs> and they actually thought I was lying. They thought I had mixed up the beers, but I wasn't. <laughs> Last week, we had this moment where you said to me, we're going to be adding lactose to this chocolate coconuts oatmeal stout. Or was it oatmeal stout? It was just yep. chocolate coconut stout. And I said, oh, man, that's really disappointing because I can't have lactose. And then I sat down at the bar and I tasted that chocolate coconut oatmeal stout for the first time. And I turned to you and I'm like, oh, this is a little dry. We need to maybe sweeten this up a bit. And you're like, yeah, that's why we're adding lactose. That's what I told you. <laughs> and I'm like, But without having the, the flavor profile reference, I didn't understand. Yeah. yeah. I was proud of myself for going, oh, it's a little dry. This is what Mark meant. Yeah, again, I mean, I've you, you've made lots of really good comments. Uh, I can see you're growing and learning and developing your vocabulary. You were the first one with the comment wet hot beer that came out that you were talking about peaches. And I hadn't noticed that until, you know, and, and you said that. And it wasn't, I mean, again, power of persuasion, but uh, I, I'd i like to think I'm trained enough to not let that persuade me. And I was like, no, that is peaches. That is pretty bang on. Like, good job. So... Anyways, uh, again, not, not to discredit you, but I try to tell, like, anyone can do it, but it takes effort and focus and practice. I really like your perspective, but I find Vanessa has one of the strongest palates on our team. I'm always curious to hear her thoughts. I always want to create room and space to hear what she has to say. Yeah, this morning, uh, the brewers asked me to taste a beer. They didn't think was quite right. And so I tasted it by myself and I, uh, I didn't think it was quite right either. And I figured out what the flavor profile was. And then, uh, I went and sat down with Vanessa and she said, uh, yeah, that beer has whatever wrong about it. And it was the exact, we, we had both come up with the exact same thing. Again, not that, um, the fact that she chose the same thing as me <laughs> means that she's good. But, uh, my point is she is very good at, at sensory and uh, very, very valuable. Uh, even my wife, Joanne, if you know my wife, uh, she is not a beer judge. She has no interest in being a beer judge, but you can give her a beer. She will smell it. She'll have one sip and she'll be like, this is, she'll, she'll tell you exactly what is great or bad about it or what it needs. And it's like, wow, how can you do that? Like she's, if, 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 she couldn't even tell you what BJCP was. She doesn't care, but she just, she knows her beer. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. My wife, Allison's really great at that too. She very kind of turns her nose up at beer now. She, she says it um, upsets her stomach, but she'll have a sip from time to time. And her vocabulary is amazing because she's very passionate about wine. Mm -hmm. And so I really, really trust her taste buds and her palate. And it's really interesting that you have that same kind of relationship with Joanne. Yeah. Even though they're not 
hardcore about beer the same way we are. Yeah, it can really be about anything, you know, even, you know, like honestly, just uh, it maybe sounds silly, but next time you get a hamburger, I don't make it at home or wherever, just just close your eyes for a minute and just smell it. And what are you smelling? What is what is going on? What's good or bad or otherwise? Like coffee, same thing, right? On and on and on. One thing I think that I, I've really picked up from the beer scene from working at Rebellion is how much sugar is in food, how much sugar is in beer. I'm really sensitive to it now when a beer has that residual sweetness or maybe it's been dosed with some kind of flavoring it really leaps out yeah yeah and i mean and sugar is is an important part to to beers and food in general and sometimes you know you need some sugar to balance um again i won't go on a whole rant about processed foods but i mean we're very addicted to sugar as a general rule um I, I used to, I don't have the time anymore, but I used to teach the beer judging certification class so that people could write the exam. And the last group of students uh, was a younger group. And um, they didn't like a lot of the beers that I was serving, which are the classic styles. Or they'd be like, well, I don't like this, or I've never tried it. And then they'd maybe bring in, you know, whatever beer from a, from a newer brewery. And they'd be like, this is amazing. And like, they were just so sugary and so sweet. And they said, well, well, that's what I like. Um, I guess my point is as a commercial brewer, sometimes it's a challenge because some people want everything to be super sweet. And I personally don't, but we ultimately need to sell beer too. So uh, it's a bit of a fine line. So um, yeah, we try, we try to not make anything too, too sweet. On that same note, I've had people come back to me and say, I started off here with, and they name a sweeter beer Mm -hmm. or a more accessible, approachable dessert beer. And then there's a year later, man, I really love those hops, man. I I can't go back to that sweet stuff. Like they've evolved and changed too. And I I think we've talked about this multiple times. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to like uh, make people feel bad that they enjoy sweet things or double doubles or whatever kind of garbage. There you go. I call it garbage. I drink my coffee black. Because I like the taste of coffee, not cream and sugar. Um, sorry, yeah, but it's the the point is just start thinking about that. Look at the ingredients, right? And like stuff like tomato sauce. Tomato sauce isn't supposed to have sugar in it, like. But a lot of the commercial stuff does, and you're just like, why? This this doesn't make sense to me. Um, ketchup. You're basically. I mean, if you can, again, sit down and taste ketchup. It does not taste like tomatoes. It tastes like sugar. That is the flavor. So anyways, just try that yourself sometime. Catch up for kids. Yeah. And yeah. And again, we could, yeah, I could criticize people and say that you're not allowed to eat ketchup over the age of four or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, those are just crappy things I used to say. And I don't like saying that anymore. <laughs> One of the other things that was really exciting is you just told me that we're going to be doing a collaboration brew. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But, uh, our, the, our friends at Dandy asked us to do a collab. Um, sometimes I, I'm kind of, a, I don't know, I don't want people to think I'm like stuck up or not, but I don't ask many breweries to do collabs and there's tons that I love. I just, I guess I'm just too busy most of the time. So I was actually thinking this year, maybe I should actually ask some of the other brewers to do collabs. But I, I, I think I've said this before on our podcast, when it comes to collabs in terms of like me coming up with ideas, I'm usually trying to collab with other businesses or organizations or charities or all that sort of stuff. And it's not that I don't like brewery people because I really like brewery people, but I just, it's, it's just really 
fun to reach out to to someone from outside the industry and be like, let's make a beer together. That's that 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 is super super cool. But it's absolutely flattering when breweries that I really respect and love and I'm you know I consider my friends when they reach out to me and say, hey, you want to do a collab? And I I don't hesitate. I'm like, heck yeah. So, anyways, Ben Ben reached out to me. We I, I have no plan. We have I have no idea. We're gonna figure it out. I'll be in Calgary here uh, in next month, and hopefully we'll figure something out. Well, let's crack today's beer, mm-hmm. Dandy Light Lager. Talk to me about this one a bit. Uh, Dandy Light Lager. So I was at uh, the Dandy Tap Room. So I, don't, I can't even remember now. In October, I was there in October. I was also there in September because I really like it. Um, but whenever I go to tap rooms, especially if I'm going to order my first beer, I try to avoid flights as much as, um, you know, I want to try a bunch of different beers. I like being able to, I, I personally, as much as, you know, beer judging is usually smaller samples, three or four ounces. But um, if I'm just out on my own in a tap room, I really like getting at least a half pint of something so I can really enjoy it. I probably don't want to start out with something big and heavy or super sour and blow your taste buds. But I love light beers. I love well-crafted lagers, all that kind of, anything lighter. Uh, I'm a big fan of, especially when they're done really well. So anyways, got to the Danny Tap Room. They have a light lager on the menu. I'm like, well, heck yeah, of course I'm going to get that. And it was awesome. And it was a really tough call whether to order something else or just keep drinking that the whole time. But uh, I decided, I, I ultimately tried, tried another beer. But I definitely brought some home with me. So that's what we're going to try today. But it's light. It's uh, 4.2%. It is an all malt beer, I, is what I was, uh, is what uh, Ben told me. Uh, they go through a very rigorous process on their lagers, uh, but they do use a Kavik yeast, which is kind of become, which is kind of an interesting twist that a lot of brewers are doing now with lagers. Um, there's Kavik yeast. Um, we've got a, a beer called, right out right now called Haymaker, which is similar as well. Uh, it's four and a half percent, I think. But again, you know, a, a lager type recipe, but with these, uh, this new type of Kavik yeast. And uh, you're ultimately, you get a, rel- a, a relatively clean fermentation um, and you get it very quickly. So lagers tri- typically take six or eight weeks, which is a long, long time for a craft brewer to have beer sitting in the tanks. So uh, we're always interested in experimenting and trying new things. So this is kind of the new thing for people to try. Deadly. Let's get into it. Okay. That was a long-winded explanation of a pretty light, simple beer. (laughs) To refresh people's minds, my understanding is that light beers, while very, very popular, are not traditionally or stereotypically known as a craft beer thing. Craft beer typically is uh, associated with huge, hoppy beers bombs you know bitter teeth scraping aggressive beers and then it was later explained to me that light beers are really really hard to pull off to do one that's clean that's perfectly executed that has the proper profile is like trying to thread a needle and so when we see these lighter styles emerging that the way it was explained to me was it's a mark of a really talented attentive brew team Absolutely. And no one, uh, no one will ever dispute that. Even the big brewers, you have to know what you're doing to make the beers that they make. Uh, but the, you know, the history of craft beer was, you know, basically a backlash to the homogenization and dumbing down of the beer industry where you really just had light lagers and nothing else. And you know, they were stripping out all the flavor. So craft brewers were like, Hey, we can add color. We can add flavor. We can add bitterness. 
there's all these old styles that everyone forgot about that they used to drink. And so that, that was that initial kind of backlash. And, um, you know, again, the, the reality is that, you know, the number one beer style in the world was Pilsner and Pilsner is not supposed to be a wimpy junk beer. It's supposed to be a beautiful, wonderful thing. And, uh, so brewers have started, you know, kind of reverting back to that. And customers are also like, yeah, you know, maybe I, I'll say myself as well. I used to just almost drink exclusively bourbon barrel aged Imperial stouts. Well, you know, eventually you're like, Hmm, maybe something lighter would be, you know, a little more enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'm saying there's, there's a beer for any occasion. And so, uh, you're definitely seeing a revival of some of these styles being done by craft breweries. On my first sip, my frame of reference would be something closer to Haymaker and the maybe the fruitier esters or fruit character. Yeah, you uh I as soon as I cracked it, I could uh, I could smell the esters. I get a bit of an apple-y note, which I get from some of the Kavik yeast. Um, so uh, not apple in the sense of acetaldehyde, which is a, a an off flavor byproduct from some yeasts. Um, this is an actual ester that comes uh from the, these types of yeast strains. Um, but again, a lot of light lagers uh, do have an apple character. Uh, I remember drinking a warm can of Molson Canadian one time about four in the morning, 25 years ago, because there was we drank all the cold beer. We were at a friend's house and there was some warm Molson Canadian in, in the cupboard. So we cracked that and you just smelled like apples and I've never forgot that. So um, yeah, it kind of makes that reminiscent in terms of a light lager, yeah. I'm not mad about it. I guess I was not expecting it to have as much fruit character as it does. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So like you're seeing, again, would you say that this is a classic traditional light lager? Probably not. You know, if you took it over to Germany and served it, you know, they probably would have a very uh, stern look. (laughs) Be wondering (laughs) why you brought this over there to them. But again, in the craft brewing world, you're seeing people get get creative, and, and they are making light lagers, but creative. They might <clears throat> this actually use Chinook hop extract, so you're seeing people use kind of newish hops. If you uh, multinational, I, I I haven't asked them specifically, but their uh, their one beer is called Classic Pilsner, and it is not a classic by any stretch. I think, and I don't know what the whole joke is necessarily if they're trying to you know make there there's a classic but it is it's very hop forward it's got a lot of new style hops in it you are not going to confuse it for what i would think of as a classic pilsner but is it's a phenomenal beer um and again i just think this one's just nice and light and refreshing um and it doesn't beat you over the head with flavor um it doesn't have a lot of bitterness you know it is with chinook hops can i pick out chinook hops i wouldn't say so one way or another my from a reference, I guess, for Chinook right now would be our Solo Crush, Wet Hop Solo Crush, which is very citrusy, grapefruit, grass. I don't get any of that here. Very easy going, this, this dandy beer. Um, is it a mainstay, or are they going to keep doing it, or is this like just a test? I think this was just kind of a fun uh, fun beer. They do still do lots of one-offs. They started out as a nano brewery, so just what everything was a one-off, but they kind of have their core brands now. They're... Um, the other one I really like is uh, I'm trying to think of the actual name, but it's a it's another it is a lager, and it's a a Japanese rice lager style. I really like that one. Uh, 
pretty much have that one in my fridge all the time. You can buy it here, that one here in Saskatchewan as well. Um, again, uh, really interesting. You know, again, uh, most rice loggers are pretty forgettable and trashy. But so I think it's really cool that, uh, you know, Dandy, Dandy's been making all sorts of crazy sours and they've, they've made all sorts of weird beers. I mean, one of their mainstays is an oyster stout. That one probably first turned heads when they first came out. They're all over the place. And so, and, and, in, and, in, and in a good way, I mean, I mean that. And, uh, I love that they started making loggers. I think that that's really cool. If you were behind this beer to submit it into competition, would you put it into a light lager category or would you say some kind of like different category, like a light farmhouse or something? Yeah. So, like yeah. That? Yeah. And that, that was, I, I, that, that's where when it comes to competing, you have to understand the science or, well, I don't know if it's science, but the art of what, where, where to enter, uh, which category to enter it in. So, if you did enter this in a light lager, it would stand out as not to style immediately and it would not score well it would probably unless you've got really untrained judges i i can't see this winning a medal in the light lager category but uh definitely in the experimental i don't know if if, you know if there was a kavik or a farmhouse type of a category it's very approachable um and when i think of traditional classic styles i think of like a table saison that's kind of stuff comes to mind um yeah just simple easy uh but with some fruity esters if you told me that was an entry level saison, I'd be like, "Oh, maybe I maybe I don't hate saisons." <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. it's very nice because I've had saisons that are like a, a just a punch in the mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Again, if you study the history of saisons, they're meant to be very light and refreshing. You were supposed to. I mean, the idea was uh, the farmers brewed them with the grains that they had on hand, and uh, beer was consumed instead of water because water was typically contaminated and you'd get sick and die. And so, of course, working all day in the sun, uh, you get thirsty. So you probably want to drink something around two and a half, three and a half percent alcohol, not the seven or eight percent crazy peppery messed up saisons that are often made today and, and they're fine and some of them can be very delicious, but that's not, if you're, if you're studying beer styles and history, that is not what a Saison was by any stretch. Any final notes on this beer? I, I say I would like to try it in a side by side with Haymaker just to see now. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about, I, I'm, I, I am going to probably do that now. We have a few more cans of this kicking around. Uh, it'll be a great taste test to do. Uh, there was one other thing I was thinking about. Oh, I was going to mention too that uh, actually Village Brewing, they did a uh, a remake of Calgary brand beer, which is still ultimately made by Molson in Vancouver. So Calgary brand beer was brewed by the Calgary Brewing Company in Calgary. Eventually they got bought out by Molson and, uh, you know, whatever, right? But Village was able to uh, put out a beer uh, this later this summer and they used a Kavik yeast as well. And, um, you know, again, um, it certainly doesn't taste like the Calgary beer that I drank however many years ago, but it was really cool. And it was kind of, it was, it was a neat, interesting take on a beer. When we had it at the tap room, I remember it being very Kavik. Yeah. Uh, had that fruity character, not, not like my uncle's Calgary. That no. And that's where I see like whether you like it or not, or if, if at first you're not sure that's where, you know, uh, you know, I, I can talk about the hit. I know the history of beer, but the the history of beer also also states that nothing is nothing stays the same. And I can't you can't be. It needs to be how it always was. Beer has never ever been like that. Beer has always evolved. It's always changed. And so um, when Kavik first started coming out, I was like, Ugh, this stuff's gross. And a lot of it was gross. But um, just like and a lot of saisons I try now are gross. 
Um, but we should still encourage experimentation and creativity and putting new spins on classic styles. And some of them are amazing. Um, uh, some of those loggers where they're using, um, like they'll call them like a New Zealand style Pilsner, or we'll call them like a New World Pilsner with some of those new hops. Um, some of those are amazing, especially when I was in Australia, tasted some amazing, amazing versions of that. And that only comes through creativity, experimentation, new hop varieties. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I did another interview a couple days ago and I said, like, uh, I'll never, ever get bored of beer. You know, like, they're kind of, you know, it was about us winning beer of the year. Like, well, what's next? I'm like, who knows, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> wow. Thanks for your time today, man. Yeah, it's good. To, it's always fun talking about beer. Rebels, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, be sure to join us on the brand new Facebook group page, The Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm also proud to let you know that we're members of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, one-stop shop for tons of locally produced shows from across our province. You can find them at saskpodcastnetwork.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on tap so you don't miss out on the latest in Sask Craft Beer news. Thank you for joining The Rebellion.